Welcome to our Pnimi. This is Saratova Best. We are learning about um, increase of life. How do you make your life force stronger? And the it's worth listening, I think, it's worth listening to the audio that we did up until now talking about, as the Gemara says, increase the, the necessity to increase in learning Torah at night from the 15th of Av and on, and Mice of Chaim al It actually increases in our life force. It gives us life. Not just spiritual life, not just emotional life, not just an appreciation for life. Literally, it gives us life. And the reasons are, well, that's in the first audio. So what we're going to look into right now is um, if this directive, you know, and a lot was said about increasing and learning at night. That's also in the first audio. What we're going to look into now is why do you start all this from the 15th above? What is the connection? You know, just always learn at night. Okay, you want to say because um, the nights become longer. So you want to use the nighttime for what is created for, which is learning Torah. Why? Because it's, it's, all you have to do is go to Manhattan, um, and you'll see that the nighttime is a time of connection. It's more uh, – now, these aren't necessarily moral connections, so I'm saying in Manhattan – but when you look at Manhattan, you etc., you realize that people will favor the darker hours for connection. Let's say it that way. So from that, from Klipa, you learn about Kedusha. You learn that the nighttime was created for those intensely deep connections with Hashem. And, of course, with your own Neshama. Nighttime was created for connection. So that, so what is, so that, that means nighttime was created for Torah learning, which will create that connection. You don't need to go to a bar, God forbid. <laughs> You're not going to get it at a bar. And that's why people keep going back to the bars, because they don't really get the depth of connection that they want. They get some cheap alternative. And that's not really what they're looking for. Everybody's soul, especially the soul of a Halakiyid, is looking for that deep connection with Hashem. And that is achieved in the nighttime hours. Good. And much more is explained in the first audio. So here's the question. Why does all of this start after the 15th of us? So the reason is um, why we increase. Again, we said the light, the nights are getting longer, the days are getting shorter. Okay, more connection hours are being added. <laughs> um, but according to this, it doesn't make sense why it's, just, it's from the 15th above. Um, so we want to know how it's connected. So, and one other question we want to know. The Arizal says the following. The amazing greatness of the Yantif, of the 15th above. Why? You know, it says, There were no Yemen Taibim. There were no holidays for the Yidden, like the 15th above, and Yom Kippur. Notice, Yom Kippur is a day of intense connection. One, 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 achas, bashana, achas, a place of one and a time of one. And, and when, at the end of Yom Kippur, you know, Yom Kippur is a very deeply connecting time. And we're not even distracted by 
cooking and, you know, by eating food, etc. All other connections are put to the side so that we spend the whole Yom Kippur connecting with Hashem. And when it comes to the end of Yom Kippur, Ni'ilah, we're locked in to that deeply connective space with Hashem. The doors are locked, but we're inside. Who else is inside? Hashem. So that's what it's all about, Yom Kippur. Deep, deep connection with Hashem. It's like the nighttime hours. Now the 15th of Av is a wedding day, Yom Kippur. The 15th of Av is clearly a wedding day. I mean, that's what it's known for. The Shadduchim and the girls would go out to the fields and they would wear white dresses and they would look for their Shadduchim, etc. So the 15th of Av is clearly a day of Shadduchim, clearly a day of connection. Yom Kippur, you have to understand it in a deeper way. They're very similar energy. So, and another thing we see, it's a full moon. Who is this moon? What is this moon? The moon is the receiver. It's the bride. It's us. Again, we're the kala. We're the bride. We're the receiver. The sun is the giver. The chasen. The groom. And so the two come together. On the 15th of the month, it's interesting. What does the moon look like? Full. The bride, the kala, she's shining fully. She is shining the light of the chasen. But it's interesting that we, we're on the 15th of the month, it's called Kainasiya B'Shlamusa. We are shining Hashem's light. We receive light from Him. We receive all our kaychas from Him. And yet, the real fullness of it is when we're receiving so much from Hashem and then we are sending it out to the world. And it's a perfect balance. Receiving in a completely diplomatic, empty way and then taking everything we receive from Hashem and shining it out into the world and illuminating the world. That's what we do. That's the full moon. And it says we will be renewed like the moon, we're counted like the moon, we're compared to the moon. We are fully the moon, especially women. And that, that, that ability to completely shine the light that's being sent to us, which is the infinite light, our insight to completely shine it without getting in the way. By the way, that's a uniquely feminine thing. I'm not saying all women do it and no men do it, but I'm saying it's you, you need to be in the feminine energy to be able to receive so much light and completely send it out and not get stuck thinking that it's own, your own light and not get stuck getting in the way of receiving that light. The masculine energy will tend more to get in the way, like, what about me, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And the feminine energy is just like receiving. And receiving and doing what it needs to do with that life. That's, so that's why the 15th of the month is so powerful. And of course it's a chas in the day. Of course it's a day of shidduchim. Of course it's a day of connection with Hashem. Because we're talking about it being that completely bittledic shining you're not in the way, shining energy out into the world. So, here's the question. If you have the full moon on the 15th of August, 15th of Tammuz and 15th of Sivan and 15th, you have the 15th of every single month, and really the Yom and Taivan come out always, almost always on the 15th. Again, it's that energy. 
And the 15th of every month of Sukkot is on the 15th, and Purim is on the 15th, and Pesach is on the 15th. We're taking and we're giving out. So if we are compared to the moon, and we will be renewed like the moon, and the fullness of the moon shows on our wholeness, our completion, that comes after what? A full moon always comes after a small moon. And a small moon always comes after no moon at all. No moon at all. And again, that's a feminine type of energy. The ability to be not only invisible, non-existent. There's not, not just invisible, like I really know who I am, but I'm pretending I'm not here. Non-existent. The ability to recreate and recreate and recreate from a place of of uh, non-ego is a unique completely cease to exist. Whatever you were, you were a full moon, and then the moon diminished and diminished, and then you cease to exist. Of course you cease to exist. Because once you're a full moon, one of the challenges is that you're shining as much as you can possibly shine. And one of the challenges is, for everybody, you can think that it's you. That's a normal thing. It's not a, that's, not, that's not a corruption. A normal, healthy person will be shining light, fully using all of his talents, and it would be to think that it comes from him. How does it say? All of this, all of this that I am shining and doing, I did it. I worked hard all my life, and I built myself up to this point so that I could shine all this light. Perfectly normal, except it's unholy. 100% normal. You couldn't fault anybody to think that way. It's just unholy. And ultimately, with that mindset, there, there is a limit to how far a person can get. They can only get so far because they're operating on energy of self, and then they come to the end of the line, and there's nowhere to go. I think I once told the story about Dr. Brower, that he was, all his friends were the most, you know, biggest intelligentsia in Canada, and, you know, they were all big professors or whatever, and they all came to the point where there was, there was nowhere else to go. They achieved, they, they were looking for truth, they, they all came to the conclusion that it was a placebo effect. You want to believe something's true, it's true. They came to the end of the line. Some of them gave up their lives. Where were you going to go? He took a different path. Right? But when a person is dealing on, with self-energy, you can't, one day you hit the end of the road. Where do you go from there? Right? That's when we're dealing with regular, in the laws of nature, self-energy. Normal. Even healthy, but it's not holy. A yid is designed to come to the point where after he's fully shining, like the moon, then he starts to diminish, diminish, diminish in sense of self. There's that split second where he thinks, I did this. I did this. And then if he's, if, if he's smart, he grabs himself and he realizes, I did this. This is completely divine energy being filtered through me. I did not do this. I did not accomplish this. 
I, I, right, I, I was Zeichah that this light should come through me. And so he starts, and the, as the moon's light gets smaller and smaller every single night, he's diminishing in the possibility of thinking that it is self. It is from himself. Until he hits, but this is the end of the road. It's a totally different end of the road. This is a divinely inspired end of the road. He ceases to exist. Or let's say she. The moon gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Every night you look up at the moon, it seems to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller. After it was a big, fancy, fat, juicy, amazing moon, there was a moment in the month when if you look at the moon, if you know nothing about astronomy, zero, you look at the moon, and you've never read a book in your life, you know nothing about science, you look at the moon, and you don't know there's that moment if it's the moon or the sun. You never studied it. Nobody told you that the moon is out at night and the sun is out during the day. Nobody told you. So you look at the moon and you say, wow, ooh, nice, bright, sunny day. How would you know? You have no information. Nice, bright, sunny day. How would you think that, how would you be able to mistake that it's a nice, bright, sunny day? What do you mean? You have this huge thing in the sky. It's full and round and shining brightly. Literally, you never read a book in your life. You would not have any way to know whether this is the sun just with like, this is the sun in the nighttime hours or this is something else. There's no way to know. And I bet, you know, when Avram Avinu watched the moon and the stars and all of this, he might have gone through all those thoughts and said, huh, look at that. At night, the sun is surrounded by dark darkness, but it's still shining. And there's one moment of the month when it's fully... Why would he think that it's anything other than the sun going through different phases? If the moon can look like the sun for that moment, that means that it is given the same amount of power as the sun. If the sun is the mashpia, the sun is the giver. And if the moon is in the kabul, the moon is the receiver. And if there's that moment where they both look the same, then you realize that the moon, the receiver, is fully channeling all the light that it has been sent to it. That's the moment of truth. That's the moment of truth to not make the mistake of thinking, that's my light. Because in the end, the moon is a reflector. It's somebody else's light. It's the sun's light. That's the moment of truth. Whose light is that? Is it yours, or is it the one who gave it to you? So that's the test. That's the challenge of the 15th of every month. And interesting, we're going to speak in a minute about moment of truth. Moment of truth, we'll see. Moment of truth is Tishba, but we'll put it to the side for a minute. So every single month has a 15th of the month when you have that challenge. Wait a minute, whose light is that? Is this the sun or the moon? Is that my light, or is that somebody else's light? Am I reflecting, am I operating on all my own talents and all my own kaichas and all my own energies? Is this mine? Or am I filtering, am I, is it being sent down through me out into the world? Am I in the way or am I filtering it through me? Even in the world of healing today, in the world of alternative healing, they say, well, how do they say it? The healing comes through me, not by me, right. If you're a healer and you think the healing comes from you, eventually 
you're not going to be effective. If you recognize, you'll get to the end of the road and your healing will no longer be effective. Or other healers will be better than you. Why? Because you made the mistake that you thought that the healing is coming from you. If as a healer you think that the healing is coming through you and you're simply the reflector and you're sending it out, you're the conduit, then you can you can continue to be effective and heal people and even rise to the top as long as you don't think it's you. You won't come, to, if you think that it's coming through you, there will never be an end. Then you are tapping into an infinity, infinite energy, and you can heal forever, and you will be able to heal people in the most complex things because you are filtering through yourself infinity. You are tuning into infinity and, and doing healing from that place of infinity. It's not you. But if you think the healing is by you, you did it, you're going to run out of steam and eventually everybody's going to find somebody more effective than you. And you won't know why. So, again, so that's the idea of the full moon. Is it shining? Why is it shining? And every month, has a full moon. So, but the difference between this month of of and every other month is, as we say, the full moon always comes after a non-existent moon. Uh, we were saying a person has to be ready, and that's the feminine energy, to come to the point of non-existence. Anything you thought you were is over. No longer there. That's the day before Rosh Chodesh. That's when there's no moon. You look up at the sky, you see no moon. That feminine energy. And again, the sun doesn't do that. The sun is the masculine energy. The sun is always there. It does not disappear. The sun is not... If it recreates, it recreates in a totally different way. Not as a receiver, as a giver. So, again, before there's a full moon, 15 days before, you're going to have no moon. And then the birth of a new moon, Rosh Chodesh, a brand new moon. Not like, oh, the moon comes back and reappears. It's a new moon. The old moon is gone. The old you is gone. It's over. Never to be again. Now something new begins. So every 15th of the month has that great descent of like, well, completely gone. The Yerida before the Aliyah. When it comes to the month of Av, the Yerida, the descent that comes before the full moon is so much more, so much stronger. It's Tisha B'Av. There is no month other than the month of Av that has Tisha B'Av in it. Tishabav is a whole bunch of things. Tishabav is the beginning of the gullus. The beginning of all the stuff that makes life not work properly. All that stuff we said, the sense of self and all, all those lies about who I am and what I can do and I thought it's me and I thought I created it. Uh, yeah. All that stuff all comes from Tishabav. The minute Tishabav happened and began the gullus, 
all the lies that exist in the world today were born were were born in that moment were were like emerged in potential in that moment all the junk all the garbage all the insanity all the corruption comes from tishaba so when you have a month that six days before the full moon you have tishaba that's a very big contrast One other thing. So, so therefore, sorry. So, this month of of Av, the fifteenth of Av, is w- a way stronger full moon and a way stronger fullness of Av than any other month because of that. It comes on the heels of the greatest descent. Um. Another thing that we could say that Tisha B'Av, we were talking about truth, because again, when we're in Gullus energy, we're talking about it's the world of lies. Amada Shikra, it's the world of lies. When we're in Gula energy, it's the world of truth. In here, in this world, the world of truth, not after 120, in, right here in this world, now. So, the interesting thing about Tishabov is that Tishabov is um, an oxymoron. It's a moment of truth. When the Romans went into the base of Matish, into the Kaidish they went in, there's a place of truth in the world. Where is it? Kaidish Holy of Holies. What would be the moment of truth? Either the moment of truth or one of the moments of truth is the moment that Mashiach is born. Because Mashiach is total truth. The moment of his birth, truth emerges into the world in a powerful way. What is that moment? The moment of Tishabah, Corbin. So they saw the truth. The Romans went in, they saw the truth. Those Kruvim, which normally would be, we would expect, because we would expect that so much destruction that Hashem is angry at us and therefore the Kruvim were turning away from each other and of course they saw that the Kruvim were not turning away from each other but rather they were embracing showing the intense love that Hashem has for us so that was a moment of truth only the whole Yerushalayim the whole Eretz Yisrael what you saw was Corbin Total Chorban. How would you know if the Chorban is the truth? How do you know when, God forbid, you're in, in a place of darkness and a moment of darkness? How do you know if that darkness is the truth? How do you know if you look at the sur- surface of the earth, if anything's growing underground? You don't. If you see an entire forest now, there was a moment. Now you see the forest. Oh, that's the forest. There was a moment when the entire forest was underground. You didn't know that there would be a forest there. Same thing. Just like you look at a forest now, you say, wow, when, how many years ago was it that nobody knew if there would be a forest here or not? Same thing. You can look at a stretch of earth, a whole 
tract of land, you have no idea if there will be a forest there 15 years from now, 20 years from now. You don't see what's growing underground. Underground is what is the truth about what's going on. You're looking at barren land, relative darkness. So when we're in a dark situation of darkness, God forbid, we don't really know what the truth is. Is this really dark or is this really light? So the only place you're going to see it is underground where you have no access to, that you have a place that you have no access to. What's really going on? I don't know. It's all underground. So when will you know? You have to give it time. Um, how much time? I don't know. Five years, ten years, twenty years. I don't know. Wait and see if you see a forest. Then you'll know that in that moment, when you thought that nobody was, um, nothing was growing, it was really growing. You know, all of those stories about these people who they wanted to have children and they were sent to medic to doctors and this and that and nothing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, they got a bracha, etc., to have children and. Turned out they went to the doctor. The doctor said, hmm, there's no problem here. You're expecting a baby. Nobody would know. Only the test would say, so to speak. I mean, nobody would know. Sadiq could know. So there are moments when we see nothing happening, and it's completely untrue. Just nothing is happening in the place that we can see. But everything is happening in the place that we can't see. So, that's Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is, two things are happening. Horbin Besamekish. Destruction, darkness. Beginning of all the, everything horrific that was since that time. Crusades, pogroms, inquisition. It's even horrible to say all these names. Plus, 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 plus. Plus, 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 plus. Hyalatia. In the beginning of the dark. At the same time, at that moment, Mashiach is born, was born, is born. So it was the beginning of the Gullah. And it was the beginning of the Gula. Two things were happening. So which one is the truth? When you have, Tyra will tell you, when, you, when you're facing darkness and you're facing light, which one is the real truth? I'll just backtrack for a second. You know, often people will say, very often, they might hear something very positive. People might go to a shear and it's very upbeat and it's saying all true things. <laughs> I've been in that situation. I remember once speaking in Manhattan. And at the end, we asked for comments, and a woman said, beautiful, very inspiring, thank you. said, but, let's face reality. So what was she saying? She was saying, darkness is reality. Light is not reality. Or, let's say it a different way. She was saying, darkness is truth. Light is not truth. Is she right? What does Cyrus say? Cyrus says, Madam, you got it all backwards. Light is truth. Darkness is a facade. 
is a is the costume. Light is truth. Darkness is a lie. When you're when God forbid we're facing darkness, it isn't the ultimate truth. It sure feels true. So reality is not darkness. Reality is light. So really that woman needed to say, but it's not simple to do it. But when she was thinking about problems, really she needed to say, listen, okay, oh, that's very depressing, but, but let's face reality. It's good. Life is about light. Mashiach is, Mashiach is unfolding. That's really the truth. All this darkness, okay, look, it's a lot of darkness. But what's the truth? But let's face reality. We're going into Yemaisa Mashiach. That is the truth. That is what Tyrus says. Tyrus says, where, where did you come off thinking that darkness is reality and light is, is some cute thing? Where did you get that idea? You got it completely backwards. Light is reality and darkness is, unfortunately, Rahman is a temporary creation, a very plausible creation, but it's, a very, it's a temporary, very plausible, horrible, sick joke. But it's not reality. The only reality is light. So when Tishabuf comes along, and two things are happening, the darkness is beginning, and the light is, the gullus is beginning, and the gaul is beginning also, Mashiach is born, which one is reality? Well, that's a no-brainer, Tyrus says. Light is reality. Darkness is not. The beginning of the Geula, Mashiach is born at the moment of Tishabah, that is the reality. The Gala starts at the same time, Rahman Islam, that is not reality. That's a superimposed whatever, but we can talk about it at different times. So here we have that moment of truth in the place of truth. Tisha B'Av, two different things going on, but the real truth is there. What's the real truth? You see the real truth. The Romans saw it. The Krugin were embracing. That was the truth. They had to go to that place. By looking at the rest of Yerushalayim, there was no way that anybody would know what the truth is. Because somebody's not deeply steeped in Torah, how are they going to know what the truth is? And you're talking about a Roman. So they went into the Holy of Holies, the Kaddish Commission, and they saw the truth. Hashem loves us. There's a deep embrace. Whatever you see on the outside, it's not the truth. It's a manifestation, but it's not the truth. So we can say, so Tishabav is the moment of truth, the place of truth. But the way the truth is, is shown is in a um, oxymoron kind of a way. So, could we get the truth a little more, you know, revealed, like a little easier to see? So you don't have to be a big scholar or a big Kabbalist to figure it out? Yeah. Like the plain people. The plain people also want to know the truth. You know, did the Romans understand the truth when they saw it? 
I don't know, probably not. If they had, they wouldn't have done the Crusades, the pogroms, the Holocaust, the um, Inquisition. They wouldn't have done that stuff. They probably they saw the truth. They probably couldn't deal with it. Or they didn't like it. So, but they're on their way to liking it now. So, what about the plain people? So, it was a truth that was kind of too much for a lot of people to digest. So, can we have a truth that comes out that's easier for the plain people to digest? Yeah. Okay, what do you need to do? Wait six days. Count six days from Tishabah. Okay. What do you come to? 15th of us. What do you see? There's no dual reality going on in the 15th of us. It's not a dark day, but a light day. It's purely light day. It's a day of Shaduchim. It's a day of Chasanah. It's a day of a wedding day between us and Hashem. The day of the deepest connection. Remember, we said the nighttime is a time of connection, of deep connection. So the 15th of us is that Chasanah day, the wedding day, deep connection. And then how much more so the night right after the 15th above and all the nights coming after the 15th above, they are deeply connecting days. They are hours of that, are, that foster a deep, powerful connection with Hashem, a ge'ula connection with Hashem, a taste of the relationship that will be in Yemais Mashiach. That becomes available from the fifteenth from from the fifteenth of us in the nighttime hours. And we'll end off with, with this and then we'll continue one more piece tomorrow. One more extra little piece, bit of icing. What exactly happened besides everything else? The fifteenth of us is the day that the truth about Tishavab that is revealed. Let's just say it simply. Tisha B'Av is a day of truth, but it's very hard to see it. On the 15th of Av, the truth that you couldn't quite see on, on the 9th of Av becomes visible to all. Okay? Anything else about the 15th of Av? Yep. What? Yom Shukalubomese Midbar. Those who passed away in the Midbar stopped passing away. Everybody knows, I don't have to go into the length, for 40 years, the men who had reached age 60 would dig their graves because of the, that was the decree that they would pass away in the Midbar, in the desert. So they would dig their graves. On Tisha B'Av at night, they would lie down, and they expected not to wake up in the morning, and they didn't. And it was a very peaceful way of leaving the world, etc. I don't know, you know, how was everybody there watching? I mean, it's a lot of questions, right? So, but that's the way it happened every single year on Tisha B'av. So Tisha B'av was really very much a day of the Gezeira made it that like the worst part of Gullus, which is that life doesn't yet last forever in Gullus, it was really expressed on that day. <laughs> like all these men at age 60 would just lie down, pass away. Boom. Right in keeping with the day. If Mashiach is born on Tisha B'av, it's also a day of eternal life because Mashiach brings into the world eternal life. Mashiach lives eternally. But 
with those two things. Okay, so what happens? So every year for 40 years, what happens? Last year in the Midbar, we know in the desert, the 60-year-olds lay down, woke up the next morning, they said, huh, something went wrong. They looked up at the moon, they said, well, maybe we miscalculated. They tried it again, and they, the next morning they woke up again. Something went wrong. And every night they said, well, maybe we got the date wrong. Maybe it wasn't Tishabah. But one night they looked up and they saw a full moon. They said, this is the 15th of the month. Tishabah has come and gone. Nobody passed away this year. What's going on? Ah, the Gezerah is over. The Gezerah on the opposite of life is over. How could a gazela on the opposite of life be over? What can erase it? What can erase such a strong reality of Gullah? Like nobody lives forever. It's a strong reality of Gullah. Nobody lives forever. What is what can come along to erase it? Only Gaula. Gaula is the eraser that erases that that reality of Gullus, or that gas of Gullus, or when you insert Gaula energy into Gullus, which one wins the Gaula? Gaula is eternal life. So that year, as we were about to go into Eretz Yisrael, eternal life kicked in. In a very small way, hasn't become fully manifest yet, but it started to kick in. How did you see it? That generation. They must have gone in Derek Israel. That's Mashiach energy. That's the 15th above. So the 15th above is a day of Geula. It's a day of eternal life. It's a day that usher in what will be, for everybody, for all times, eternal life. And that's why nobody passed away that day, that year. It's true that the Gezerah was off on Tishabah, but you didn't see it. Remember that. Tishabah, stuff is going on, but you don't see it. Fifteenth of all, the stuff that went on that you didn't see is visible on the fifteenth of all. When you have the full moon. And so, to end off with this, so what we're saying is, when we're, when we're saying, and there's much more to say, but when we're saying that from, from the 15th above and on at night, remember, connection time, but not just connection time at night, increase in learning, do what you need to do to create that connection. But started on the 15th of Av, the 15th of Av is that connecting day. The whole energy of it is that connecting day. Well, so what does it do when you do that, that connection? Person's given extra life. So now we see logically how they're given extra life. So the 15th of Av is a day of eternal life. It begins to usher in the reality of eternal life. And therefore, 
a piece of that starts to be felt on the 15th of us. And therefore, following this directive of increasing your learning at night from the 15th above and on, you're already on a roll of having tuned into the energy of eternal life. And therefore, if you step into that frequency and that reality, what you start to experience is the taste of eternal life. How do you see it in your life? Life is added to your life. What would eternal life look like in this, in today's day and age when people are not living forever? What would it look like? A different frequency of life. Totally different frequency of life. I think we said in the last, last year, you know, when people pictured, you know, how could the Lubavitcher Rebbe stand for 12 hours and give out dollars and give out dollars? And so people would practice, they would just move their hand in that, in that position or stand on their feet for that many hours and move their hand in that position, you know, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of times during the day and they couldn't do it. Whoever thought about that, just moving your hand, you know, taking a dollar, giving it, couldn't do it. Because you're talking about a different frequency, a frequency of eternal life. So that's an example of how would it look, how would it look if a person is living in today's, in, in, in the world today where it's not a world of eternal life and they're, they tune into that energy of eternal life? They live a life on a different frequency. They don't function like everybody else functions. Everybody else in today's world functions on a level of entropy deterioration. Everything is getting worse. Everything is running. Time is running out. Everything is deteriorating. Eventually, it will fall apart. That's the reality of ghosts. Eventually, everything will fall apart. And it's just going downhill. You're getting older. It's getting older. It's wearing out. It's, that is the world of ghosts. Entropy. Everything is falling, falling apart. That's that frequency. Everybody lives on that frequency. The people who live on a higher frequency do not experience deterioration. They experience, because they don't experience, I mean, I assume, just because they don't experience life as a sequence of deterioration from better to worse, they don't accept it as a given. Like, well, everything comes to an end. They don't accept it as a given because it's only a given on a certain frequency of gullus. So, so what, what frequency do they live on? They don't live, uh, they don't live in like, like the, the old movie things used to be like a series of boxes, still pictures, and they were all strung together on a piece of plastic and they would put it through a projector and it was just, one, one, one still picture after another and you move them very fast and it looks like a moving thing. A sequence. They don't experience life probably, I'm not one of them, as a sequence. They experience it as a series of endless stepping into a brand new, just born at this present moment energy. Different frequency. So, a baby is just born at that split second. A baby isn't thinking. When the baby is just born, a baby isn't thinking, well, how many more years till this thing is over? He's not, 
<laughs> baby's not thinking that. A baby is experiencing just brand new, came into the world, never been before. Fresh, brand new, and everything is possible. No limitations. The baby wasn't yet trained by us to, to, re, to, to know all the limitations of what you can't do and what's impossible. The baby just thinks everything. If a baby could think consciously, a baby would think, oh, I didn't know their limitations. Like they say about the Wright brothers, somebody forgot to tell them that it's impossible to fly metal of that weight, etc., etc. It will not fly. Somebody forgot to tell them, so to speak. So they thought they could do it. So they did it. And that's how you get across the world, by flying on one of those things that they created that somebody forgot to tell them that it's impossible according to the laws of physics to do it. Because they turned into they tuned into a higher frequency in which what do you mean it was just born at this second? I don't know about any limitations. How would I know limitations? It was just born. Don't ask me. So the baby energy of just being born is I don't know about any limitations. Uh, you'll have to teach me all your dark thinking. If you want to get me into your mindset, you have to start teaching me all your dark thinking. And it doesn't take long. By the time a child is age two, we've taught him enough dark, negative, cynical. Uh, <laughs> uh, etc. Life is tough, doggy dog, garbage. That he is already, he can already be cynical and already doesn't believe in the ability. Right? He can't fly. Right? So if somebody forgets to tell you all that dark stuff, you may think you can do anything. So on the that frequency of Gaula, it's completely possible to do anything because you don't. <laughs> Depends which frequency you're on. So when we're talking about Tishabav, Tishabav is two frequencies. All the destruction, all the beginning of Gullah. Like nothing's possible. Everything's going to fall apart. It's it's downhill from here. And simultaneously, it's the the energy of Gula. Like everything's possible, no limitations. The sky's the limit. The sky's not the limit. Just a totally higher frequency. So therefore, we're saying when we do that, follow that directive of increasing learning from the 15th of Avanon at night in the connection time, beginning with it, with the 15th of Av, which is connection time. It's all moments, it's a series of moments of brand new, just born at this second. And the person who steps into that moment steps into brand new, just born at that second, knowing no limitations. And for the person who knows no limitations, there do not have to be limitations because the truth of life is that there are no limitations. The lie that everybody believes, including ourselves, is that there are an enormous number of limitations. And since everybody believes the lie, everybody thinks the lie is true, except it's not. It's a lie. So on the lower frequency, it's true. On the higher frequency, it's not true. So the 15th of love enables us to step into a higher frequency and stay there. How do you stay there? How do you stay in brand new, just born this moment? Every single moment, you step into another moment of brand new, just born, brand new, just born, brand new, just born. How do you do it? Increase in learning Torah at night from the 15th of love and on. Because it is of that brand new, just born frequency. So if you just don't leave that frequency and you do it every single day that enables you to then start to live on that frequency and then infect everybody else with your good attitude 
And from there, we say, Hashem, please take us to the Gulamitasrashlima, to the base of Mizashashlishi, the place of eternal life, eternal joy, eternal possibilities, eternal dancing, eternal everything. And uh, as we increase in learning at night, may we find ourselves in that reality with Mashiach, the King, immediately now.